minutes. But <clears throat> the pre-tribulation rapture always caused some confusion. I sort of blindly listened to what people said and just went with it, I suppose. But I was asking loads and loads of questions um, to the pastor and also brothers and sisters in Christ that have been in Christ for a long time. Um, I'm also in quite a few revelation groups um, and I've met some unusual characters in these groups that just don't want to hear truth. Um, all the answers just didn't satisfy me at all. In fact, some said, well, if you don't believe in the pre-tribulation rapture, you'll just be left behind. You know, and I thought, oh dear, that, that scares me. And, you know, that, is, that in itself is another complication. But something just didn't quite make sense. So I then started to believe in a mid-tribulation rapture because all I could see when I first read about um, the tribulation and all the verses um, that I looked at, I didn't actually study all the verses, I just looked at them. Um, I could see that the great tribulation started after three and a half years. So I was getting myself all confused and then I started to believe in three raptures because I was told so many different things that, can, that basically contradicted what I had read in the Bible. So although I started to have doubts, I didn't lose my faith, of course, I just kept reading and reading and, and I discovered Strong's Concordance, God Rules and this sort of thing that helped me further to understand just a little bit more about the word of Yah. And everything at that time just seemed really confusing. So I was made to believe that when Jesus said, how will you know if I do not come in the second and third watch? I started to believe that that could well be three raptures. And I was getting really excited thinking, wow, I've uncovered something here. But again, it all got confusing. And God is not the spirit of confusion as we know. But when I realized that, I simply just had to try and unlearn a lot of the things that I'd been told. And I had to read the word for myself to see what was, re what was revealed to me. Now, little did I know that was gonna happen, but I just needed to read it for myself. And I didn't wanna listen to other people. So the mystery, and the long journey began. The Lord had already decided the date of my baptism, for instance, which was 11-11-18, which means spiritual awakening and wake-up call. What a great date to be baptised on. And the year was also significant, as it was the year that Israel became 70 years old. And, of course, at that time, I had no idea how important my baptism date was to me. The devil clearly knew as he tried his best to fool me with his foolishness and if I didn't have my wits about me and my mum telling me stuff as well, I would have believed the lies from the pit of hell. Now, within 12 hours after my baptism, the devil was on my case and trying to make me believe that I was going to have my bowels taken out. This was simply a crazy, crazy time. It wasn't until I was unconscious when I, was, when I saw three angels that I now believe were healing me and communicating with me because I know that I was dying or could have died. It sounds strange to think that now nearly five years on from the baptism but this is what I believe after praying for discernment about what happened. I was asked the same question for instance when I was unconscious and the question was do you believe? It wasn't until I was asked on the third occasion Having already answered yes on the two previous occasions that I got a little bit irritated, I said, of course I believe. Now, I was woken up by a nurse and I thought, here we go, what now? Well, to my amazement, um, she actually said I was going to have the operation. I said, nope, not having it. 
and the doctors and consultants had already said that if I didn't have the operation to have a colostomy bag and you know that I would die so they said it's either you die or you have a colostomy bag and to be honest I was ready to die and go to the Lord then of course I realized oh gosh I actually thought about my two younger kids because they were quite young and then quickly the nurse said to me it's all right it's not your bowels it's your appendix and I thought oh I'll take it so here I am years later fit and healthy and to cut a long story short I remember seeing two sets of eyes very close together in a line to my right in the air and then I prayed on that months later and the download was that I was in a court in a courtroom and it was like a mahogany um, dark oak color it wasn't dark but it was like a mahogany medium oak I'd say is that sort of blend of color if that makes sense and the devil was after my soul and things started to look a little bit more sinister than I actually realized at that time because I could not get over those four eyes I was aware of the nurse in front of me who wore this blue beautiful blue color dark blue that I'd never seen before and she had a white band um, short sleeve and she had and I was aware she had blonde hair so to my right there there was um, a man on my right had dark hair and on my left I can't remember what he actually looked like but I was aware that it was a man so I would never have expected any of this to happen, but I do know now that as soon as you say you want to be um, born again, you, you definitely do have a bullseye on your back. The devil's definitely after you and all his, you know, <laughs> minions. So basically I enjoyed the follow following week in hospital and when I read the doctor's notes, it read, <laughs> surprisingly, all her organs were intact. My word. Even now as I think about this, I, I, I'm still shocked by it. And I was told weeks later, when I was in the sauna by a female nurse, um, that happened to be in the sauna at the same time, so I told her my story because I couldn't wait to tell people about my testimony, I guess. Because the church that I was in never gave me an opportunity to talk about my testimony, which really surprised me. Because my son, who was baptised seven months after me or so, has had five testimonies, but he's now left the church as well. So the female nurse said to me that if I had the operation to have my bowels removed that I would never have known the actual truth and I knew that I just I just couldn't believe it I just knew that I had to start reading the word for myself because the word says in Philippians 2:12 that we must seek our own salvation with fear and trembling so going back to the pre-tribulation rapture I do not believe there is a pre-tribulation rapture. I think people have got that a little bit confused. And um, I knew that it was really important, as I said before, that I had to seek my own salvation. We must study and show ourselves approved unto the Lord. And that's in 2 Timothy 2.15. I, I always have to quote scriptures because when I see other other podcasts and, and, and uh, so I listen to other podcasts and, and, and I watch the videos, not many of them seem to mention the scriptures. And this makes me wonder about their walk with God. Are they reading the scriptures or not? Because when I read the scriptures, I, I, I see something slightly different. So with the um, pre-tribulation rapture out of the way, and the mid-tribulation rapture um, that, that I did once believe in as well, um, I, just, I just thought, no, it can't be that either. Nothing made sense with scripture as far as I was concerned. So I was beginning to wonder if there was going to be a rapture at all because everything that I'd been told just wasn't there. 
Um, so although I felt just a little bit bewildered, um, I was pressed to read the Book of Enoch. Um, I was told um, by several people, including um, pastors, that they shouldn't, I shouldn't read the Book of Enoch. Um, and the excuse they gave was that um, this was not um, written with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, so what is written with the Holy Spirit? Because the book was in the Bible, but it was, it's been taken out. So what has been written with the Holy Spirit? Are we just to ignore the book of Enoch? When people have said that he could be one of the two witnesses, which I obviously don't agree with that now. I, I believe that we are the witnesses. I'm not saying that two literal um, witnesses can't come in the sky. Of course they can. God can do absolutely anything. But I do believe that we are the witnesses based on, as far as I'm concerned, the post-tribulation theory. And look how many people have had the Elijah spirit, which is in Malachi 4.5. Look how many people are talking about the end times at the moment and, and telling us facts. Now, I was told that it was not a good idea as a young baby Christian to read the book of Enoch because it would confuse me. And as I said, it wasn't written with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, hmm, can't be that difficult to read. You know, I can read, uh, <laughs> you know, most books. So why not the Bible? The Bible is hard. It's the hardest book ever to really understand. Don't get me wrong. But I thought, well, I've got a degree. I can do this. So I brought the book. And when I read the first paragraph, I thought, hey, I couldn't believe my eyes. Seriously, I thought, this is messed up. We're going to be raptured, right? So what on earth is this book talking about? I thought maybe the church was right and that I shouldn't actually read it. So I put it down until the scam pandemic started and I was pressed again to read the book. It was then and only then that all this nonsense on the earth now makes sense, perfect sense. So I'm gonna go to um, the book of Enoch and read this because there's two different versions here that I want you to make a note of. I'm going to go to the internet version and you'll see the difference in a minute. Chapter one, Enoch's journey and vision and the fallen angels. Parable of Enoch and the future lot of the wicked and the righteous. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man, whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me. And from then, and from them, sorry, I heard everything. And from them, I understood as I saw. But for this generation, but for, not for this generation, sorry, but for a remote one, which is for to come. Concerning the elect, I said, and took up my parable concerning them, and I thought, this don't make no sense. There's a misprint, right? I thought, we, the saved, will be removed. So I put it down. And as I said, I didn't pick up the book again until I realised that I needed answers. After all, the book of Daniel says that people will be seeking knowledge in the end times. And that's in Daniel 12.4. It says this. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. And this was, in my opinion crazy 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 so I thought you know what in this upside world 
I need to seriously read the Book of Enoch. I had plenty of practice with um, backslidden, you know, Christians and, you know, in the uh, groups that I'm in, uh, talking about the end times. I, I could not, I did not understand what they were saying. They, they appeared to be lies, manipulators, um, misogynistic, nar narcissists. You know, and I believe they were quite narcotic in their in their understanding. It was just crazy. I just couldn't believe how many times I was banned from social media for having an opinion and getting in, getting in my flesh is not the way to do it. So the story begun with my journey. I needed, needed to read it for myself. I, I keep emphasizing this because I'm asking you to read it for yourself because the truth will set you free. And that is in John 8, 31, 32. The truth will set you free. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Simply unbelievable, but you know what? I am thankful. I really am. The book of Enoch, as I said before, is very pertinent in these end times. I just didn't know it then and it simply was not my time to read the book of Enoch. Um, but reading it during this scam pandemic, as I call it, has taught me so much. And the first chapter, I, I learned so much. It, it was like a download came immediately when I read the first paragraph. In fact, I think it was the first two or three paragraphs from the Book of Enoch that made me realize that there were eight blood groups. It doesn't say that in the Book of Enoch, but it, it was common sense. The Book of Enoch also made me realize that Nephilims had more of a role in the Bible than we actually think. The book made me realize that the world had to be destroyed so that Jesus, our Redeemer, could save us. Yes, my discernment is a lot better than ever now after reading the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch removed from our Bible, but it is still instituted in the Ethiopian canons, but yet removed from ours. Really? They tried to obliterate the book of Enoch, but it was refound. The book of Enoch simply improved my wisdom big time and made me realize several things that I want, well, I want to go into it now, but I won't, it'll take too long. But basically the earth is flat, there are no planets, the earth is fixed on pillars, and the sun, moon, and the stars, I believe, from what I've read, are fixed in the firmament. The weather patterns have been created by God, not man. Not the, the satellite system that predicts it, I believe man understands what the Book of Enoch says regarding the weather patterns. God resides outside the dome that we are in and the pillars that that the the earth sits on is still the earth is still and the pillars are outside the circle of the earth it's the the, the pillars sit on whatever it is that is holding up the earth whether it's a square or 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 um, a round circle, which is what I'm thinking it is, that's what makes me realise that we are inside a dome. And that's another story for another time. Many to this day still believe and are deceived by the lies and unfortunately we will we'll continue to be deceived. And I believe this is because the gospel has been hid from them and that's in 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore having, sorry, let's have a read. Having Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world, small g, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let, sh let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When you read this in its entirety, folks, it certainly is very, 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 interesting but I do give thanks that I believe and I hope and I pray that I am chosen um, so I'm always giving thanks I'm not perfect but I need to keep praying and you know something very recently I prayed and prayed asking if I was you know one of the 144,000 I know it sounds really sad because I don't really fully understand it but why is it important I kept asking myself this because as I said I, I didn't really and I don't really understand it, should I say, and, and what it means to be 144,000, because I dismissed this because I thought I had to be a virgin. So, so I thought, okay, that counts me out. So I moved on from my studies. So basically I need to go back and, and study that again and again and again. But from what I can understand, my little understanding is that it means that you follow the lamb and you have no guile in your um, mouth. So, and I, I love the Lord. I love talking about the Lord as well. And I can't wait to be with the Lord. So the meaning to who are the 144,000 on the internet says this. The 144,000 of Revelation 14 likely signifies the entire body of the redeemed. This group represents a body of people who were purchased from among men. The only purchase price ultimately available for human salvation is that of the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood was effective for the obedient who lived before the cross. And if you look at Galatians 4, 5 and Hebrews 9, 15 to 17, it gives you um, a bit more information about that. In fact, I'm going to read that now because I'm possibly going to forget that I do like to be really transparent when I'm doing this so let's go to um, Galatians 4 5 and see what it says it says this what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage he is no different from a slave although he owns the whole estate hmm. okay I'm gonna I like to read all of it so I'm gonna keep going the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls our Abba Father, so you are no longer a slave but God's child and since you are his child God has has made you also an heir well that's nice to know isn't it so should we go to Hebrews um, and see what it says there Hebrews 9 and we're looking at specifically 15 to 17 for this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant 
In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Interesting, isn't it? I immediately thought about um, this scripture where it talks about one to be taken and one left behind, and the one left behind to receive the inheritance. But obviously, when we meet the Lord in the air, we will obviously have our inheritance. So yeah, these are interesting times, as I said before, that we are in. Okay, I suggest that you buy the book version of the Book of Enoch rather than reading the PDF file on the internet as it does read slightly differently, especially in the first paragraph. I'm going to read them both again so you can see where I'm coming from. Let's read the internet copy of the Book of Enoch again. The word of the blessing of Enoch, how he blessed the elect and the righteous who were to exist in the time of trouble, rejecting all the wicked and ungodly. Enoch, a righteous man who was with God, answered and spoke while his eyes were open and while he saw a holy vision in the heavens. This the angels showed me. Now, when you look at the other version, it reads slightly different. And it says this. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous who will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. Now that reads slightly differently, doesn't it? Because when I read the first one, I thought rejecting all the wicked and godly. And this one actually says very clearly that the godly and the wicked will be removed. This is why it's important to make sure that you read the word for yourself. Then when you go to number five, the internet copy says this, all shall be afraid and the watchers be terrified. But my book version says, and all shall be smitten with fear and the watchers shall quake and great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. A little bit different, isn't it? So this is why we must read the book version, in my opinion, and not the PDF version on the internet. So the important lines, um, I think it's all important, obviously, but line nine and 10, which says this is also be important. And behold, he cometh with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness which they have ungodly committed and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him and him is in capitals so my discernment is this why on earth would anyone want to change the book of enoch when it has already been taken out of the bible am i that's weird so the book of enoch's been taken out and the book of enoch has also been altered in fact i think chapter 36 has been taken out but I did find it on the internet. That's another story. And my discernment is basically this. The devil is trying to be clever, of course. He knows that he can't destroy the book completely, although he has tried. The devil knows that his time is short, but there are rules and regulations that he must adhere to. He just wants to take as many humans down with him to the pit. Take note, humans. So it appeared that there was far more convincing evidence about a post-tribulation than a pre-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation rapture. All of the pre-tribulation rapture theories just didn't sit right or fit in with scriptures for me. And the mid-tribulation rapture, as I said, only made sense because the pre-tribulation didn't make sense 
And that was um, why I believed in mid-trib and three, three different raptures. None of it made sense. So let me first explain why I thought, going back to the mid-tribulation here, made sense. And that was because I was told that the church must go before the seven-year tribulation. I was told that there had to be a seven-year tribulation after the church had disappeared. But I was also told that in order for this to happen, then this must happen at least seven years before Israel became 80 years old. Hmm. That was indeed very interesting to me because in 2018, Israel was 70 years old. So that actually meant that we should have been raptured in the year 2021. So 10 years later, after 2018, takes us to 2028. So things weren't kind of sounding right to me. So at the very latest, Israel must I say Israel, but I mean all of us who believe in Christ. So at the very latest, all of us that believe in Christ must be raptured in the year 2021. Well, hello. <laughs> We're here. Still here. So instead of the watchers ex accepting that they've got this wrong, they just quietly deleted the videos and they've never mentioned this since. Well, I remember exactly what they said because I was watching the watchers because I was seeking knowledge and I was hoping that the watchers, our watchers, were seeking knowledge because the church certainly wasn't. So I was thinking and believing that these were ordained by God watchers, but they're not. Absolutely not. So I was seriously left with no choice but to read the word for myself. And through listening to um, a guy called Pastor Sandy, I think his name is, he's, he's good. But he has, I'm afraid, got some things that I don't agree with. But that's another story. And he ignored one of my comments that I asked him to read uh, with Psalms. Because it was him that brought my attention to Psalms being predicted um, scriptures. So I thought he would actually listen, but he didn't make any comment at all. And that's fine. We've all got our own journey. I realised from this pastor, um, he's the internet pastor, as I said, he is good. Um, I realised that the Psalms was prophetic and predicted the future and he surprised me with Psalms 14 and uh, Psalms 53 because it says this for the director of music of David the fool says in his heart there is no God they are corrupt and their deeds are vile there is no one who does good Psalms 53 for the director of music according to Mahalath a maskil of David it says this the fool says in his heart there is no God, they are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. Same verse, isn't it? I thought, why have they put that in Psalms 14 and Psalms 53? Well, Pastor um, Sandy, I think his name is, he um, explained. Because Joseph Stalin said in the year 2014, you know they are fooling us, there is no God. All this talk about God is sheer nonsense. That's what he said. He said it to a, a boyhood friend. And interestingly enough, Joseph Stalin made the comment in 1914, and again, interestingly enough, Joseph Stalin died of a massive heart attack. Joseph Stalin was a second leader of the Soviet Union and died on the 5th of March in 1953. As I said, 
massive heart attack. Coincidence? Nah, I don't think so. So lots of reading and studying God's rules, strong concordance, missing gospels that I have yet to finish, by the way, and also listening to awake pastors, um, light pastor, with caution. You have to listen with caution because everything has not been given to one person, and that includes myself. I started to really connect with the word of God and things started to make sense eventually as I started reading the word, praying about it as well. I started questioning a lot more and realized that I just had to pray to God to show me the answers as I really wanted truth and not lies. Manipulation of the scriptures, particularly online pastors, brothers and sisters just basically irritated me as I started to get more and more into the faith. I could only trust myself with the word. And I, I thank God for the genuine prophets out there because there are some out there, they are genuine. And clearly the ones that wrote the Bible big thank you to the Holy Spirit who has guided me throughout my journey by the way um, the ones that wrote the Bible obviously um, big thank you to them because they did a lot to get this word to us I've, I've looked at the scriptures folks that refer to pre-trib mid-trib and post-tribulation raptures and sometimes you know the same scriptures are used for two or more scenarios <laughs> so that's kind of ridiculous to be honest with you because the same scriptures are also used for the second coming the rapture and trials and tribulations <laughs> does it make sense no so to conclude why i do not believe in a pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation rapture based on the bible this is because psalms 90:10 says this our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and we fly away woohoo brilliant so my understanding of this and from what I've gathered from reading and studying and listening to other prophets is this. It's about Israel. It isn't about our own knowledge. As I said, you have to listen and read with caution and pray to the Holy Spirit to reveal. Most of my information that I received is through was basically through studying about the temple for my radio show. But fly away, yay, sounds absolutely fantastic, doesn't it? The word says to study and show yourself approved, as I said before in 2 Timothy 2.15. Show yourself approved unto the Lord. So very early on in my Christian walk, I wasn't too worried about what anyone else thought that disagreed with me because I was reading the word. Trust me, I've had many, many arguments that has tested my knowledge. And usually they block me and tell me that they are going to get some pastors to sort me out. That was kind of hilarious, to be honest. Still waiting. But I don't want to appear arrogant, obviously. But not one of them could refute anything that I actually said. They got so irritated, they actually just decided to block me. And that's absolutely fine. I think I only blocked one pastor, actually, because... We, he just irritated me and I think he's taken a rattlesnake mix anyway and I think he's confused so the many arguments that I had with people basically made me stronger in my belief on so many levels the biggest one of course was Matthew 24 speaking about heaven and earth passing away and I think that has been madly confused with the second coming it is easy to see how Matthew 24 and Mark 13 could possibly be seen as being written about the second coming. But what I mean is this, because I have always believed that there is, there was something not quite right with Matthew 24. And then I, I discovered it for myself because the similar verses are found in Luke 21 and Mark 13. So I studied all three 
of these bulks together. I studied it a lot more using Strong's Concordance and many people, I believe, are on the broad road to destruction because they're not reading the word, folks. And I believe that those people believe the lie, that this is about the fact that no one knows the day or the hour of the second coming of man. Yes, we will. Now, I believe that this passage, this scripture is about heaven and earth passing away. Mark 13 has a similar verse and for some reason, whoever wrote this book, or should I say transcribed this, felt the need to insert as a title before the next bit, the day and the hour unknown. That's just to confuse people. It's been separated by man, not God. But when you read it more closely, Mark 13 doesn't even mention the second coming. It says in verse 34, it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Mentions door. Think about that word. Remember what it says about, no, he is at the doors? The doors of the dome. So which part of Mark 13 does it actually mention the second coming? Hmm. It says quite clearly to me anyway that heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away and 32 it says but about that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the son but only the father now luke 21 also very interesting because it says again heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away and then it says take heed to to yourselves do not be drunk. And it says, do not care about this life. And then further says that as a snare, which we know is a trap on the earth, that as a snare shall it come on all them dwell on the face of the whole earth. And we are told to watch and pray to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And that's in Luke 21, 36. Now, interestingly, it uses the word snare, as I said before, which means trap to come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch and pray to escape, folks. Psalms 123 is prophetic of the year 2023. It's a year of praying. God is good. 2021 was the same, year of praying. 2022, Psalms 22, judgment year. The tribulation verse speaks about a seven year end of days, folks. Now, I just had to mention this because as I was typing this out, ready to discuss on my podcast, and I did say before Job thirty-three fifteen that God speaks to us once or twice and in other ways we um, perceiveth not. And then literally as I was typing this out about the seven year end of days and about praying in, um, in Psalms um, 123, a song on my um, deck came up and it said, pray. <laughs> As I said, God does talk to us and in, you know, in visions and dreams and this sort of thing. We need, just need to be open to the spirit to understand it. So let's go back to Noah because I've said this quite a few times because people have mentioned Noah. They've mentioned a lot. And they've got to look at the scriptures and what it actually says and study it properly. Noah was protected. He wasn't raptured, folks. 
Now, Lot's wife was a pillar of salt and eagles do not gather around salt. The disciple was asking, where was the one taken going to? It's obvious that this is not about the rapture of the one taken away. If you read it carefully and slowly, honestly, it's really obvious. But first, let's read what it is about, which of course is about the coming of the kingdom of God, of Yah. If we are to be raptured, then why does it say coming of the kingdom of God? The kingdom will be on earth, folks. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Lord's Prayer says. Let's read. The coming of the kingdom of God. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the son of man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them. Do not go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from the end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by his generation. Sorry, by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. That's extra, isn't it? Building, planting. What's happening now? The threat of the... um. Uh, the temple or is this about generally building houses and planting food etc etc a little bit different isn't it because that is referring to what's going to happen but the day lot left sodom fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all it will be just like this on the day of the son of man is revealed on that day no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them Likewise, no one in the field shall go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife? Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord? they asked. He replied, where there is a dead body there the vultures will gather first of all guys remember the lord's prayer it says on earth as it is in heaven now when you analyze this this scripture in luke 17 about lot and lot's wife should i say it speaks again about like lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other rejection by this generation not us of course not the born-again believers will never reject Jesus. Then again, like the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. Flood came and destroyed them all. It will be just like this when the Son of Man is revealed. 
Do not go onto the housetop. Do not go in the field. And then, of course, the reminder of the story of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day that Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from the heaven and destroyed them all. Well, my dream was just that. I was running and running and running with four of my kids and there was hells of fire raining down from the earth. I'd never even read this. So somehow, God decided to show me this, show me what, show me what was gonna happen. So I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Yah, for doing this. We were not forsaken though, folks. We were running and running and I could hear my kids screaming in the background saying, mom, mom. And I felt so guilty that my children had not come to Christ. I was so grateful that, that we were not forsaken, but my children managed to dodge the flames in my dream. They managed to dodge the flames of fire. They were about a foot diameter actually. And then of course the story continues and says that, go back to the Bible this is, and says that two people will be in one bed and one will be taken and the other left. Then the disciple asks, where Lord? Come on. It's pretty obvious folks, if you read this properly and understand what happens with eagles, that this is referring to the one that has been taken. When he asks, where Lord? He's asking, where is the one being taken going to? The problem is people have made out not only this to be a rapture, of course, but they're not actually studying the word. But in the days of Noah, there was not a rapture. So how can it be in the days of Noah when there's no rapture? Because Noah was protected in the ark. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing this to me. So why are people manipulating this scripture where there is a dead body, where the vultures will gather, but the vultures will not gather around salt? It says body. We have to read the word literally and not misinterpret the word of God and then the truth again guys will set you free as it has done me we are going to be here during this tribulation that we are in now it hasn't got worse yet but it will Revelation 3:10 says very clearly that there will be an hour of trial on the earth not a rapture the word also says in the day of the tribulation remember these words because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. To test? Doesn't say anything about being raptured here, does it either? So, 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God has not destined us for wrath but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ again nothing here about being raptured but that we will obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ our God our salvation and the anointed one that's what Lord Jesus Christ means it means God salvation the anointed one I'm going to read um, from 15 to 31 um, Matthew 24 when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whose readeth let him understand, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. 
neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days shall be shortened, there should no, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So this is not like um, the, the days of Noah when the flood came, because nobody was, apart from eight, Noah's family were saved. Or protected, should I say, but they were saved. He saw favour with, with Noah. The Lord saw favour with, with, with Noah. So, the days will be shortened. That's what the word says. And even that has a day in itself. That's another video because it will take too long. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever, wheresoever the carcass is, there will be the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Again, um, here the scripture speaks about the second coming of man and speaks about the carcass and where the eagles be gathered together. Then, of course, it speaks about after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and it goes on like this but the key word for me is the word after the tribulation of those days and previous to that it speaks about the great tribulation so this is clearly talking about the great tribulation folks and let's face it the bible is talking to the believers not the non-believers so then it says the son of man in heaven will appear and it says in matthew 24 31 and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other again this is after the tribulation now i'm going to read um thessalonians because i think that's really important to understand where i'm coming from regarding this i think it's really important to um understand that this is talking about i believe when we are raptured with with the lord and also um, the second coming so let's just read this brothers and sisters we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope so this again is talking to the believers it's not talking about um, the non-believers so bearing that in mind it says this afterwards 
For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Hence, and I'm being convicted here, not convicted, that sounds wrong, but um, the Holy Spirit, I think, is nudging me here on this one. Let me read it again so I can make sure I got this right. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now that is telling me that God is going to bring back those who have fallen asleep in him. There's not going to be the rapture of the, the, the asleep and then us and then we meet him in the, in the air. It means that the asleep, thank you Holy Spirit, the asleep will come back with Jesus and we will be raptured at that point because it does say that the dead in Christ will rise first. So let me just go back again. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So, I'm encouraging you to see this in the way that I believe the scriptures are actually explaining it. And that is, the dead will come with Jesus and we will be caught up with them. So the dead in sleep will arise first, they get caught up to Jesus and then we will meet them in the air afterwards. That's what I read. Okay, so John 14, one to three. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. But the second coming is coming to us. So does that mean he's gonna meet us on the earth or meet us um, uh, on the earth after we have been raptured to meet him. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not destined for the wrath, but I believe we must pray for protection during the perilous times of the great tribulation. Hence Luke 21.36 where it says we must pray for, um, to, uh, to escape all these things to come upon the earth and that we may be able to stand in front of the Son of Man. Now Titus 2.13 is very interesting indeed because it says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Christ Jesus. Remember what that means. Remember what that means. That is our redemption and the anointed one is indeed an interesting verse of course because it says we are looking for the blessed hope and the appearing nothing about being raptured at this point 
the only verse that I can see where we will be raptured is where it says that we meet the Lord in the air. And this is found in 1 Thessalonians 4.17 that I've just read out. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But obviously the dead will be with the Lord anyway and we will meet them afterwards. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. But read it carefully. Again it says we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up with them. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because when I was told about this, I was told raptured. But them is clearly the dead has been risen first. Pray for discernment, folks. That's the only way you're going to truly understand where I'm coming from with this. So I'm going to go over this again just to make sure it's really clear because some of the other versions read a little bit differently. So this one really did it for me. Then we who are alive and remain on the earth will simultaneously be caught up, raptured together with them, the resurrected ones in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. As I said, it says caught up simultaneously, be caught up. God is good. The Holy Spirit led me to this scripture straight away once I was looking at it. So we will be here during the tribulation, folks. It's all in the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we know, that is the that is God, the anointed one, the Messiah, our salvation. So after going through the scripture and looking at some of the verses in the book of Enoch, I therefore conclude that we will not be raptured until the tribulation, the great tribulation is over. And then we who are alive and remain that has prayed to escape or to come upon the earth and hope to stand in front of the Son of Man will meet the Lord in the skies. Now, the ones that remain is interesting because Zechariah 5 says that there will be a curse to come upon the earth and it will not go into the house of the godly, but it will go into the house of the unrighteous and ungodly. Pray, 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 guys. This year is important. It's very important because it precedes obviously 2024 and I will briefly explain why. Psalms 124 is equivalent to the year 2024 and this is what Psalms 124 says. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us up us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird. Out of the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So look at this and read it slowly, because it speaks about the snare being broken, and we are escaped. This is my blessed hope. And I don't know how anyone can actually refute what this says. The book is opening, as Daniel 12, 4 says, and we have to stay in the word and study it to see what is happening in these end times. As the books are opening, we can see what's happening, folks. I always go back to the scriptures. And each time I go back, it's, it's, it's even more clearer. And I'm given more information. God is great. God is good, as we know. Now, let's look at the possible dates in another video because I've already made this um, very long already and I really want to, I don't want to ha have that lost in this um, podcast or video. Um, now, I've shown you that the second coming ties in with the rapture where we meet the Lord 
um, in the air. So I want to make that really, really clear. So this categorically and that absolutely proves to me that there is no precursor to a pre-tribulation rapture, but confirms to me, in fact, that we are going to have to endure. Why else was Daniel so shocked about the end times? If we were going to be raptured into a puff of air, the, all the believers, why would he be shocked and worried that, to, to the point that he felt sick? He wouldn't have to be. Obviously, as he, has, he cares about mankind in general. I'm not saying that, but really it's the believers that I think he would be more shocked about. We're going to be here, folks. We're going to be in this tribulation. We're in it now. It's just going to get worse, that's all. I believe this is because of what I see in the scriptures. Now, I want to go into the dates, but as I said, this will take far too long. and I don't want it to get lost in this video. So I'm hoping that you'll understand um, where I'm coming from with regards to the dates and why I do not believe in a pre-trib or mid-trib rapture, but I do believe in a post-tribulation rapture. I believe it's going to be when the Son of Man comes through those skies, we will simultaneously be caught up to meet those who were dead in Christ first, who rose up and they were with God. So we will meet them. And I'm going to read that again just to confirm it all. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we are we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Have a blessed day.